Hi, I'm Michael Hartman. I'm Naomi Liu. And I'm Mike Rizzo. And this is OpsCast. A podcast for marketing ops pros. And RevOps pros. Created by the MoPros, the number one community for marketing operations professionals. Tune in to each episode as we chat with real professionals to help elevate you in your marketing operations career. Justin, thank you for coming on to record um, what we fondly refer to as Moops TV. So sharing your marketing ops mistakes. Um, as with all of our guests, we deeply appreciate you taking the time to, to share and have an opportunity for us all to learn from you. Um, so why don't you kick us off and have some introductions. Tell us a little bit about who you are and um, what you're what you're currently working on or doing um, in your role and, you know, just a little bit about your background and years of experience in marketing operations. Sure. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you having me. It's good to be here. And I'm Justin Norris. Uh, I'm the Senior Director of Solutions Architecture at Procuto. We are a MarTech, uh, Marketo and Mercado focused consultancy. And I've been working in uh, let's say marketing more broadly, it'll be coming up on 15 years now, but for the past 10 years, really focused on the, the rev ops and marketing ops and kind of business systems space. Um, first in house and then for the last six years in consulting where uh, you get a chance to learn a lot of things. You get a chance to uh, make a lot of mistakes too. So I've done my share of both. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a quite a different world uh, being in-house versus uh, uh, in the consulting side of things. Lots more uh, to interact with and touch and, and probably opportunities to break things. <laughs> yes. Yep. There's a, hopefully you don't break too much, uh, right. at least not in an irreversible way, but yes, there's no shortage of either. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, so at what point in your career did this mistake we're about to hear about really take place? Was it early, mid, yesterday? <laughs> yeah. as, as I say, there's no shortage. And I, and I you know, when, when folks get started in consulting, um, there's often a little bit of concern I find around, oh, no, am I going to, like, there's a hesitancy. Am I going to make a mistake? And um, we try to create a safe space um, for making mistakes, you know, put guardrails in place to limit the impact of mistakes, uh, but also, you know, have everyone understand that it's going to happen. And I often say I've made bigger and worse and more expensive mistakes than anyone. So, you know, if I can, <laughs> can do it and live to tell the tale and I've been around for a while, then um, you'll be okay. But this mistake um, was sort of midway through my time at Procuro. It actually happened probably around 2018, although the impact of it was not detected uh, for some time. And then the fix for it took even longer than that. Oh, interesting. This is juicy. I'm excited. Okay. Wow. A mistake that actually took a little while. This is good. Yeah. This is good. So the, the mistake was actually on the surface of it quite trivial. It was a uh, Marketo and Salesforce integration. And um, for anyone who, who knows a little bit about the Marketo Salesforce integration, I know not everybody does, but um, when you're integrating those two systems, you know, you uh, define what fields you want to include. Uh, you define permissions on those fields, whether they're read only or writable. Uh, and then there's a final step that you can do in Marketo, which is called field blocking rules. And what those rules do is define 
uh, which systems or actions are able to overwrite an existing value in a field, which is a useful feature. So in Marketo, you can say, all right, uh, Marketo can write to the job title field for a new lead or the address field for a new lead. But if there's already a value there, I don't want um, a form fill to be able to overwrite it or a form fill can overwrite it, but a list upload can't. So you can actually get quite granular and decide mm. which sources can, can overwrite. And sometimes this is, you know, not something that people are that interested in, or maybe they'll do field blocking for a few things, but it's not a big concern. But in this particular issue, um, you know, it was a complex environment, very large company and, um, and, and a complex project for that reason with a very complicated as well and well-developed and established Salesforce organization. And there was a particular concern from this um, client, in particular their Salesforce team, that Marketo was not going to overwrite Salesforce data. So we spent a lot of time actually establishing what those field blocking rules should be. And in this case, they were actually very important. And you know, the irony of the whole thing is, is that it was in many respects a model project up until that point, you know, and we do a lot of testing on everything we do. QA is a big part of our process and probably went through at least 30 different individual um, unit tests in QA, um, testing just in Salesforce, the permissions of the sync user, testing in Marketo once the systems are integrated. We tested it in a sandbox environment, you know, we integrated those systems first, and then we did it again in production. And then the last and final step was to apply the, uh, the field blocking rules. And it just didn't do it. I mean, there's no other way to uh, to describe it. It just it just got missed. And specifically by me, I say we, but really I was the, the lead consultant on the project oh. and, and was executing it. So it was I forgot. And um, you know, we we celebrated the successful launch of the integration. It had been a long road to get there, you know, with a lot of change management and different things. Um, and, and, you know, winning over the, the Salesforce team, there's a variety of aspects of the project beyond just your standard integration. So we launched, we're successful. And then I don't know exactly when it was, but it was some, you know, maybe eight to 10 months later, perhaps that, uh, it first came to light that mm. Salesforce data was being overwritten by Marketo. And how, like, way, who, who noticed that? Like, I think it was probably the Salesforce team. Yeah, that noticed it, you know, which yeah. is, you know, this is a stakeholder that we'd spent a lot of time building up trust with. Sure. And so you're definitely not the team that you wanted to have noticed that. Um, but yeah, as, as I recall, it's a bit fuzzy from memory, but somebody brought it to our attention, maybe gave a report and said, hey, what are these values? How is this possible? So, you know, you start digging in and uh, and I pretty quickly identified, oh, no, we didn't. We didn't set the field block. We didn't set the field block. So what could we do? Uh, you know, obviously had to take accountability for it and, and just explains that here it is. We didn't do it. It was a mistake. It was a miss. Mm -hmm. um, and we're going to fix it. And so the process for fixing it was... Uh, Number one, trying to identify the records that were impacted. And we were able to do that, you know, through some smart lists and Marketo and some reports over on the Salesforce side. And the types of data being overwritten, you know, in some cases it might just be, you know, they had nice clean data for a contact and then that person filled out a form of Marketo and maybe they're not uh, capitalizing their information in the way that, you know, we would have liked. Or in some cases they're submitting other data, which was considered less trustworthy. There was also some list uploads, which might have been impacted. So there was a soup of, 
of yeah. changes that came yeah. in. About so, how long did 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 that go on though? Like, are we saying like a year? Like before, how much data? before we before we noticed it, or yeah. before? Yeah. Um, I can't remember exactly at what point we noticed it. I was just looking back through some history to see how long it was till we actually fixed it, and it was about a year later when the final fix, oh, yeah, which I'll so, describe, went live. So. Oh. There was a big history of data and and it was fortunate, a big history of data that had gotten changed. It was fortunate that we noticed when we did, or that at least that the, the Salesforce team noticed when they did, because um, Marketo has a, uh, uh, a window of data retention when the, the changes are stored. Mm. Um, and if it had gone beyond that, some of those previous values could have been irretrievable, or at least certainly not as easily retrievable. So it was good, you know, that we found out when uh, the history of changes were still extractable. So basically, what we had to do is, you know, identify the records that were affected, and then extract from our kettle the using the API the history of uh, data changes. Mm. And fortunately, in Marketo, when a data when a change to a field is logged, it'll log the um, the new value and it'll log the previous value. And those are both stored as attributes of an activity. And so uh, you can, through that, take a particular change and, and essentially reverse it by saying, this is what it was before. And I'd like to go back to that. Now, of course, things are not um, so straightforward because in some cases there would have been a lineage of multiple changes, uh, you know, various right. things overriding. Maybe Salesforce was then subsequently updated again. And so we had to go through a whole process of defining what are the business rules uh, for this this change? Like, all right, if Marketo was the most recent update, um, then revert back to the most recent Salesforce update, but not the most recent Marketo update. But if Salesforce was the most recent update, then just keep that value, don't do anything. There was also exceptions. For example, the unsubscribe field, uh, we would allow Marketo to have priority because that was considered right. a higher source of truth. Uh, but only if it was... Uh, true, but if it was, you know what I mean? You start yeah, getting into these, you get into these weeds, right? And like, yeah, but, but, we, to... but we, we, we had to, and, and, yeah. you know, so the, the documentation just of the fix for this could have been, you know, 10 or 20 pages long. And then we essentially had to build an application that would extract all these changes from the API and then process them. And, um, produce a canonical value. So it would say for this record, for this field, this is the canonical value. And then the testing on that was extensive. Um, we had to validate uh, the, the QA of that solution was probably more extensive than the original, the original. QA. You I know, can imagine, right? Because <laughs> it's complicated. You have to go through yeah. each of those scenarios that I just described. And right. um, is it working? Is it not working? And in some cases, it wasn't working. Go back refine the logic. Um, and then you run into very trivial, but still important things like formatting issues or um, non, you know, standard characters that are being rendered improperly due to some kind of encoding issue. And so each of those things, so it was some months of, of working on this solution with a few different developers uh, until finally we had it ready and could then take that data, import it back to Salesforce, bring everything back to its, you know, its original condition and, and then close the books 
on that one. Um, but I tell you, I will never forget to do field blocking rules again. It's just <laughs> seared in my, in my yeah. consciousness. You know, I yeah. Can't believe. Yeah. It's the, uh, the eternal checklist is like ever present in your brain. Now you will always think about that. <laughs> and that's what it was. So, I mean, we have a very detailed uh, grid of, of QA tests that we would run through and we just didn't have a row for that item. It was just kind of implicit or assumed that you would do the field blocking rules. If there's just a row, which mm-hmm. there is now that said, are the, you know, are the field blocking rules complete based on the spec? Uh, then that would be fine. And, and that's how it is today. But just the absence of that line, um, yeah. you're reliant on the individual's uh, awareness or memory of the need to do that. In my case, I didn't remember it in that instance. And in, in, in nine out of 10 cases, or even 90 out of 100 cases, 99 out of 100 cases, let's say, the impact of that mistake would have been limited or, or none. But in this one particular, this particular. scenario, uh, it was huge because of the particular requirements that the client had. Right. Wow. Yeah. Well, hard lesson learned to uh, make sure that the checklist has all of the right checklist things to check off. But hey, yeah. I mean, this is the yeah. things that we go through in marketing operations. Right? It, well, it highlights the importance of QA um, generally, you know, and, and no matter how smart you think you are, how experienced you are. I mean, I'd already by that point been consulting for uh, for four years. It's not like I was a rookie in mm-hmm. this game. Uh, and we have very good processes and we have extensive QA. I mean, like in every area, we are, we're already going, uh, meeting whatever the standard or beyond the standard, you know, that you would yeah. consider professional in that situation, but you can have gaps. And um, another thing, another issue there was that I was also performing my own QA, which is, so, so actually there was another MOOCs, I would say. Uh, we have a process that it's always um, a peer that does the QA, uh, uh, yeah. you know, like kind of a, um, a second set of eyes on everything. And in this case, if I'm remembering correctly, I believe um, the project, you know, we were in a hurry, we wanted to show value. And so I did the integration and I said, all right, I can, I can test this myself a bit, you know, what's the harm. Um, mm-hmm. And had I involved that second person, you know, maybe they would have remembered. So there was sort of another compounding process error. So it also shows in some ways I, I like, I don't like when, when we make these mistakes, but I like when the mistakes are a result of breaking process only because it highlights how important that process actually is. Absolutely. It shows you that the process is working. So when you deviate from it, things, uh, things go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so many organizations feel that process is a four letter word, right? It's a bad word. And yeah. uh, in reality, in, in marketing operations, revenue operations, really any operational role process is what creates scale and efficiency, right? And when 100%. you follow process, you won't end up spending many multiples of months and time and budget on having to fix something, you know, that for 99% of other people may not have been a, you know, clients may not have been a problem. And, and in this particular case, it was a pretty substantial one. Sounds like the outcome was make sure the checklist is updated to reflect all of the items that are necessary to go through on that QA checklist. And then in addition to that, like you, I also need a second set of eyes because every email that I ever send to our community <laughs> is because I didn't get a second set of eyes. Anytime I send a MOOCs yep. email, it's it's likely because I had no one read. Right. I mean, <laughs> that's 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 it. And yep. uh, yeah, you know, it's funny what you say about process being a four letter word, and, and I can totally relate to that um, impression. And I think 
the issue is not so much about process. I think it's just that there's a lot of bad process out there yeah. and, and that's what gives it the bad name. And, um, uh, our co-founder at, at Percuto, our chief operating officer is a lean six Sigma black belt. And so process is very much woven into the DNA of kind of how we do things, even from a very early stage, when it was like less than 10 people when I joined and we still had a level of process maturity. that was way beyond what you would expect. But what I kind of learned from that and, and what's helped is that, you know, a lean process, as the name suggests, is a process that actually it makes things better. It makes things more efficient. It makes quality more predictable. It's not there to get in your way. It's actually there to relieve the burden of having to think something through every time and to ensure um, just a predictable output. When you see what good process can do and what goes into designing it, then you really uh, fall in love with it. You know, not as something that's there to slow you down, but actually there to speed you up well preventing you know, the sort of issue that, yeah. that happened in this case. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love that. I love the idea of, uh, you know, this lean process and that's, um, that's a great way to just, just in, play back the importance of process. Um, yeah. I appreciate you sharing that with us. So, uh, what would you say as, you know, final thoughts, um, to someone who's, you know, maybe made a similar mistake or, uh, is about to make a similar mistake um, and just general advice for, for those in marketing and rev ops. I, I mean, I think the advice when you make a mistake is the same in rev ops as it is in life. Generally it's, you know, take, take ownership, take responsibility, make it right. And the cost of doing that is, is always going to be less than the cost of not doing that. I think, and it'll be painful in the short term, but uh in the fullness of time, you'll look back, you'll be glad you did it. And you'll be able to talk, talk about it on a podcast one day, <laughs> That's and, uh, right. you know, it'll all, it'll all be fine, but it certainly hurts. And, and, you know, kudos to, uh, my, my peers, my team, uh, my bosses at the time, you know, nobody gave me a hard time about it. We all just buckled together and, and got it right. And, uh, Maybe if I did it again, I would get a hard time. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's always okay to make a mistake once. Like that's understandable. If it's repeated, then there's maybe there's something there that really needs to be looked at. But things right. happen. We're, we're human, you know? We're human. Yes, absolutely. Well, great. Justin, thank you for sharing your your moops moment, or at least one of them with us. And uh, I got yeah. more. You can bring me back. <laughs> we'll, just we'll, just we'll, we'll do like a whole. It'll uh, be a series. Yeah, yeah it'll yeah. be a whole series of just Justin moops moments. And, yeah. Uh, we'll just keep going. But yeah. um, no, thank you again. appreciate you taking Thanks, the time. Man. I feel like everybody probably learned something today. So appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thanks a lot. Oops. <laughs>